go and do likewise. The Article 7 Podcast. still knocking off the rust and uh, haven't done a podcast in quite some time so long in fact you may have forgotten i am pastor andy jago and i minister over at bethany lutheran church located at 2501 beacon hill road in alexandria virginia find us on the web at www.bethany that is b-e-t-h-a-n-y dash l-c-m-s dot o-r-g and uh, in the last podcast, uh, the last sermon you heard in this podcast was titled, Go! Uh, Take on Evangelism in Luke chapter 10. Well, we're going to stay in Luke chapter 10 for this sermon, and the title is Go and Do Likewise, shifting our focus from witness to mercy, as we hear about mercy in the parable of the Good Samaritan. In the music, in this podcast, you'll hear our contemporary music group, C2W, that stands for Created to Worship. And when they minister to us at Bethany, they we still do the, the service from the hymnal, but I'd like to say we do it with a swing. And uh, the two songs that you will hear are Everlasting God before the sermon and then Let God Arise, a new anthem uh, to introduce that song to us at Bethany Lutheran. That's all coming up next.
Well, we hear the word go again and again. studies law, not law as in common law or judicial law, that sort of thing, but law as in the Torah, the first uh, five books of the Bible, the law of Moses, the books of Moses. Studying it, reading, you know, read, not only memorizing and, and interpreting, but, uh, but learning from other teachers as well. So he approaches Jesus with a question. Not unusual to have this to exchange not unusual to put someone to the test, especially a well-known teacher. So to put him to the test, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, as he's, from his perspective, this young man's perspective, he's approaching Jesus with this question, what shall I do? And that's, again, not that unusual. I mean, in his study, oh, well, first of all, Jesus solicits from him, well, what do you think? Yeah, which is a great way to teach, by the way. You always put the question back uh, to the student asking the question. You know, well, what do you think about that? And uh, as I, here's, a, here's a, an answer to your question. Here's another question, and keep going from there. Well, the young man answers with, uh, the, from Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and love the neighbor as yourself. All right, so now the next question. So first, what shall I do? And Jesus says, yes, you've answered correctly. Do this. And this also is from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30. Do this. The word is very near to you in your mouth and in your heart so that you may do it. So that's again from, from Moses. Now, I'm going to get to this later on, but just a little side note. St. Paul, Rabbi Paul, if you will, Again, another lawyer, another teacher, someone who studies the law and, and, and is well-versed in that and, and wants to teach it. You know, Rabbi Paul says, uses that verse, the word is near to you so that you may do it, to talk about faith. And he does that in the book of Romans. He shares that teaching with us. We're not there just yet. That's, that's the other perspective that we're going to talk about. We'll just hang on to that for a moment. We still want to stay in the lawyer's perspective. What must I do? And then he's still concerned about that as he's approaching Jesus with the next question. Well, then, who is my neighbor? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, who is my neighbor? And perhaps he's thinking of the words in Leviticus that say those words, love your neighbor as yourself. Prior to that, it says, do not take vengeance or a grudge against the sons of your own people. So why did he add? The Bible does give us this little bit about the disposition, the heart of this young person, which maybe helps us to understand his perspective. His heart is that he wants to justify himself. What it, again, justify. There's another legal courtroom word that we can bring out of this text. To justify is the, is the judge saying... You're free to go. Not guilty. 
declaring you righteous, in other words. You're, you're okay. <laughs> you are right with the law. That's the declaration. So we Lutherans, hopefully, read that text and say, justify yourself? Can't do it, right? Hopefully. Now, if you're not from that, now some of us had this drilled into us in catechism class from little on, okay? So not everybody may have had that same training and learning. Those of us that have may have the reflex of knee-jerk reaction to go immediately to Ephesians 2. We are not justified by works they cannot save, but only by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So, but from the perspective of the lawyer, again, what must I do? How can I justify myself? I mean, he's coming at it from that perspective. He's coming at it from this approach with one story. Jesus flips it so that he's thinking about eternal life in a much different way. He's thinking about neighbors in a much different way, hopefully, by the end of this story. Hopefully the same thing happens to us as well. So from Jesus' perspective, he's telling this story, and he's, he's talking about the religious people. <laughs> I wonder, and I almost wonder if he's doing this for shock value. Think of a holy person in your mind. Think of you know, someone who you consider to be close, close to God. And this is a very un-Lutheran way of thinking about it, but maybe closer to God than you are. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We're all equally close to God. That's the Lutheran theology. So just someone that we, we would consider uh, uh, that, that pleases God, perhaps. Um, and someone, uh, you know, I, I, some people may automatically think of Billy Graham, Mother Teresa. You, you get the idea, right? Without having to jumble around all this. So think of someone like that and then think of them walking on the other side. You know, I think that's the shock value that Jesus is looking for. You know, there's someone that you think would know to do the right thing, and they don't. You know, they, they go around, and, uh, you know, perhaps they have good, you know, the, 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 the Levite, the priest, the holy people walk on the other side. Who is the hero of the story? The hero of the story. I'm not asking the question, Molly. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> she went up like this. <laughs> if you want to do that, come to Bible class before the sermon. You can do that. <laughs> well, that's maybe we'll do that again one of these days. But what he wants it. What, what the, the the hero of the story, of course, is this. We were, you were going to say the Samaritan, right? Do you that? What's, that's what you were going to say too. Samaritan is the hero of the story. Maybe not for the reasons that you think. The other people walk on the side of the street. It is the Samaritan who had, the Bible describes the Samaritan as, as differently than the other two. The other two are just, uh, they see it, they walk alongside. The priest sees, walks alongside. The Levite sees, walks alongside. Uh, the Samaritan is a little different. The Samaritan is described as having compassion. That's, that's a different, that's a, that's a Jesus perspective. That's a different perspective than coming at it from what must I do? This is who you are. This is what you're feeling. This is your reaction to seeing somebody. You don't care about other robbers hanging around. You don't care about your own safety first. You don't care about, you know, maybe, maybe the priest and the Levite were worried about some of the requirements not to touch a dead body. 
that's also in the law. They weren't worried, you know, they, maybe that's why they passed alongside. You're not worried about anything else except this man half dead on the road. That's what you're worried about. That's moving you. That's driving your actions. You not only have that feeling in your heart, you do something. The feeling leads to action. So on my way to a vacation Bible school meeting a couple weeks ago, it was on Groveton Street. And sure enough, I'm driving by, there's a, there's a guy sitting there with a beet red face. Uh, clearly, you know, he's, he's breathing hard. Un- you know, so I'm like, okay, I have to stop. Unfortunately, my next thought is I might be late for the meeting. <laughs> However, my very next thought after that <laughs> was these words of Jesus. I, okay, I, okay, all right, Lord, I know the story. I'm not the, you don't want to be the priest. You don't want to be the Levite, right? You want, to, you want to have compassion. You want to stop and do something. So I turned around. I put the window down. Are you okay? Nope. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> All right. <laughs> put the car away. Okay, I helped him into the car. Turns out this man was literally my neighbor. As in he lived on the other side of Groveton Elementary from where I live. I can walk to his house kind of neighbor, okay? So... Well, nice to meet you, sir, you know, and, uh, well, it was, it was nice, you know, there were other cars that were driving by and everything he, he mentioned, and I said, I know, but, you know, I mentioned the story of the Good Samaritan. I said, I don't want to, I'm a pastor. I don't want to be the priest that walks along the side of the road. I wouldn't be able to look at Cindy Lucas in the eye when I came to the VBS meeting, you know, but, uh, uh, if I had done that. So, uh, so there was some obligation, you know, there, so, Eventually, we got to the right spot, and I think that all of us, when we encounter situations like that in our lives, there may be a jumble of feelings like that. There may be a jumble of, well, what's the right thing to do, you know, and then weighing the obligations we have in our mind. It may just not be the crisp and clean reaction of the Samaritan having compassion, compassion leading to action. No question in your mind what's going to happen and what you were there to do, because God put you in that spot to do it. Uh, you know, and, and so then we have to look at this from a different perspective again. We have to come back and look at this parable, knowing how imperfect we are, knowing that we are selfish human beings and we'll always think about our own interests and the things going on in our lives along, maybe alongside all these, this, this other compassion that is there in our hearts and see this from Jesus' perspective. If we want to know how to have mercy, think of what Jesus may be saying to this young lawyer. Jesus may be saying to the young lawyer, you are the one who is half dead on the road. That's what the Bible says about us. You were dead in your trespasses and sins before our Lord had compassion on us. Had no other concerns except for seeing us dead in our trespasses and sins and wanting to come down to this earth And even though it meant his own life, paying the price for our selfishness and our sin and bringing us, well, how do I I obtain eternal life? This is hell. Through our Lord's compassion on us. The fact that he was bound up, surely he has carried our sorrows, he has bound up our wounds. He is the good Samaritan. He found us half dead, bound us up, restored us to life, and now we may live in the house of the Lord forever. 
when we see it from that perspective, now we can hear our Lord's words. Go and do likewise. Dear Bethany Lutheran Church, in, in such a simple way, our Lord has given us our orders. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing.
God.